Dear listeners, I'm Lauren Conlon, and before you embark on this investigative journey with me, I want to offer a sincere word of my acknowledgement and gratitude. When I, as the host, first set out on this path, I was admittedly very green. I lacked the seasoned expertise and finesse that comes with experience in investigative podcasting and reporting. However, Every story has a beginning and an ending, and this podcast represents the start of my own investigative odyssey. So as you dive into these episodes, you may notice rough edges or moments where my inexperience shines through, but please know that every stumble and misstep has been a crucial part of my learning process, and I've embraced each challenge as an opportunity for growth and improvement. So I want to express my heartfelt appreciation to each and every one of you who was stuck with the story despite my imperfections because Grant's story is important. So your support and patience have been invaluable as I've navigated the complexities of investigative podcasting and your feedback, whether constructive criticism, words of encouragement, or maybe something that wasn't so nice has helped me and helped shape this podcast into what it is today. So without further ado, here is Corruption, What Happened to Grant Solomon. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Lauren Conlon, and welcome to Corruption. What happened to Grant Solomon? For this episode, I'm speaking to a Franklin, Tennessee mother who at one time believed the lies told about Angie Solomon and then wound up totally changing her tune over the years. Now, I chose not to use her name, and I state that in the interview, and she didn't ask me to not use her name. I just really don't trust these men in Tennessee that are running the schools, the churches, making laws. You get me. Anyway, she says some pretty crazy stuff. 
um, some of it that came directly from the kids at school pertaining to Gracie, that will really make you shudder. And additionally, you know, this woman just feels horrible just about not doing anything to help or just believing the lies that were told. And then she goes into what really made her change her mind about the whole thing. So I did say in my interview to her, I, I want to stick to facts, but if you are a spiritual or religious person, you're going to hear a pretty crazy revelation um, or a vision that somebody had. But if you're not, and I totally get that as well, well, just choose to unhear it or ignore it because obviously I cannot confirm that particular statement to be a fact as it depicts a vision that someone had. Um, but I just wanted to throw that out there, but okay, let's play the interview with a Franklin, Tennessee mom. All right, everyone, as promised, I have the Tennessee mom that I've spoken to in in detail, I'd say, about her experience with Angie, Gracie, Grant, the Solomon family, and her experience at Grace Christian Academy, as well as just being um, in the town of Franklin, Tennessee. So I'm not going to to say her name. She didn't she didn't ask me to keep her um, confidential. I'm just choosing to. So thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Now, could you just give everybody a background of how you know the Solomon family? I know Gracie and Aaron and Angie through my, my son's um, schooling at GCA. Angie okay. and my, I mean, excuse me, Gracie and my son were in the same grade and had were in the same class for many years. Mm. Um, I didn't see Angie much. I, I mainly saw Aaron, but our relationship started I think back in kindergarten. Okay. And you say you mainly saw Aaron like around the school and stuff like that. I remember just seeing him in car rider line um, and just various functions. I don't, I don't recall him being like room class parent or in the lunchroom, but Mm -hmm. I, but I did see him basically at the time you see everyone at at drop off and pick. Right. Right. And Mm -hmm. um, at that point, was he on the news? He was a news anchor then, an evening news anchor. I think he was. I had other children and I had a child at home who was still in diapers. So Mm -hmm. I don't, I wasn't really plugged in. Right, right. No, that's, I mean, Angie had mentioned that at one point she was working um, like a dog and Aaron Mm -hmm. was doing, yeah, the evening news or something like that. So that kind Mm -hmm. of makes sense. But again, I don't know the exact timelines of this, but it seems to be checking out. So um did you did you speak to Aaron? Did you have any interactions with him that no, not really? Never really. Just hi. I, you know, I was and still such a busy mom that I never mm-hmm. really interacted with very many people. Okay. And the first time I remember interacting with Angie was at a field trip. Okay. And um that was after just all of the stuff kind of broke out about, you know, Angie needing help, um, you know, having okay. an addiction problem. So let's back up then let's back okay. up. So, um, it was around 2013 that Angie and Aaron were going through or the start of their domestic dispute with the kids mm-hmm. and or the custody battle with the kids, you know, their divorce. Now at that point, you, you didn't hear of anything until all of a sudden somebody at the school or somebody told you Aaron Solomon took the kids from Angie. Exactly. Is that right? Okay. So tell me about that. Well, I just got a call from a frantic mom asking 
for prayer, um, for Angie and Aaron and the kids. Mm-hmm. And, um, I immediately called Angie. And at that point, I really didn't know anything other than it started to unravel that, that mm-hmm. there were some problems. And, um, she asked for money and I, I didn't have the kind of money that, that she needed. And, mm-hmm. um, this one mother asked for, to raise money Angie for Angie. Did. Okay. Okay. And, and I'm now connecting the dots. Mm-hmm. I think she needed money to, to try to get the kids back, Correct. but I okay. didn't understand that mm-hmm. at the time. So, okay. um, that was at the beginning of summer. And then at the end of summer, we got our class list back mm-hmm. and, um, Gracie and my, my child, they were in the same class. Okay. So, I remember this vividly. I called Robbie Mason, um, who's, who's the headmaster, and um, explained to him that I was concerned because by that point I had heard all the rumors that Air, that Angie was an addict and that, you know, would sleep all day and not get the kids to school and that there was mm-hmm. a restraining order against her. So obviously I'm concerned for my child's safety. So I called Robbie and asked if he thought my, my child was safe. Um, mm-hmm. on field trips or things like that. And he said, yes, that he believed he was safe, that um, he had gone to all the court proceedings and I didn't have anything to worry about. Okay. The court so, proceedings, meaning Angie and Aaron's custody disputes, their domestic disputes, Robbie Mason claimed he went to all of them. I'm assuming it was all of the domestic uh, right. you know, disputes and things like that. I didn't get into detail with him on okay. it. Um. I'd always been told he did not like to gossip and didn't like to get into, you know, the fray. And so I right. didn't go there. Right. I just, my main <laughs> intent was, is my child safe? I trust you uh, or thought I could trust him. And yeah. um, that was it. And we hung up the phone. And now just to, to just backpedal, um, most people know this, but Angie, uh, her, her trade and her, you know, she has a doctorate. She is a pharmacist. She's also an expert trial witness um, about certain medications. So you were thinking, okay, Aaron's going around or whoever's going around saying he took the kids because she was on drugs or something. You're thinking to yourself, okay, well, she's a pharmacist. So I guess this kind of checks out. She has access to them. Is that, is that right? Sure. Absolutely. And on the flip side, I have such a heart for her because Mm -hmm. I, you know, addiction is no joke. And Mm -hmm. um, especially in a Christian community, like you you just don't talk about addiction, you, you know, um, right, because you right. feel like you'll, people will look down on you, but I had a, a, secretly, I had a heart for her because, you know, I come from a family that has had addiction problems. I had dated mm-hmm. several people before I got married that were doctors and had gotten addicted to painkillers or whatever. So it, it checked out in my spirit and it made sense. Did you hear the rumors, um, that Angie wanted to commit suicide? I'd never heard those rumors. Okay. Okay. Um, Cause all right. That's interesting. That did come directly from, from Aaron Solomon. Initially, he claimed right. that Angie was suicidal. So um, yeah, that's why it's kind of weird. Like this, the suicide thing is actually what's in some of the court documentation, mm-hmm. not the drug thing. So that's mm-hmm. why it's just crazy. That is straight up small town rumors that just kind yeah. of blew up. Um, so did you see Angie that summer or did you end up seeing her that year when Gracie and your son were in the same class? I saw her at a field trip and, and was uh, that this, that was the year 2013, 2014. 
I'm going to say yes, because it was shortly after supposedly all of that stuff happened. And I, and I, she was very, very, very thin and she actually is beautiful, but she looked beautiful. And I just remember thinking, I need to go to rehab. (laughs) Yeah. So she basically looked pretty and fine and just not like a drug addict would, right? Absolutely not. And no, like her skin was good and she, she appeared to be in good spirits or, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm like, I can imagine being her while everyone's Mm -hmm. talking about me. I can't imagine she was super confident. She wasn't confident. Mm-hmm. And in, in hindsight, that's heartbreaking for me yeah. because, um, I'm sorry, I'm going to cry, um, but, um, when I saw her, I mm-hmm. wanted to talk to her and she just looked like a scared rabbit. Yeah. And, um, in talking with other people fighting for her, um, I was told, and this is a quote, of course she looked like that. She was getting the hell beat out of her every night. And I, I did not know that, but I just, Mm -hmm. I'm a fighter and I have a heart for the underdog and I would Mm -hmm. just give anything if I could rewind and go back and have her open up to me that day or me open up to her and cultivate a friendship. But at the time she, her and Aaron were, were done. She wasn't, she was at one point, she was getting the shit kicked out of her every night or, you know, however long, but at that point she wasn't. She was just fighting for custody of her children and fighting Aaron on. Yeah. So at that point, and, and obviously she's kind of got the whole town against her here that thinks she's either suicidal or on drugs, depending on who you ask. And then all of a sudden she shows up to this field trip and she's looking beautiful and not really addicted to drugs at all, or not like someone who would sleep all day. And you're like, wait a minute. Um, this is kind of strange. Right. And and I was drawn to her because I mean, she always smiles and yeah. She, she, I was drawn to her and I wish I had taken more time, but back to her looking like a scared rabbit. I mean, yeah. even though she was away from Aaron, she still has those scars. Oh, I mean, I mean, I don't know how she sleeps every night, to be honest with you. I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. she is in my prayers every night. And so is Gracie. And so is Grant. And, you know, I guess you're as a Christian, you're, you're taught to pray for your enemy, pray for everybody. Mm-hmm. I it's, it's a struggle to pray for this man. And at this point, you know, you've seen on, and this is just like a side sidebarring, but you've Mm -hmm. seen on Instagram, his aunt seems to be coming and spewing this hate rhetoric that is so confusing to me. Cause I'm just like, this is your blood that died. Why are you, I get it. Sure. You want to attack, you know, your, your nephew, whatever. I think it's his aunt. Yeah. Your nephew's ex or whatever. Fine. But do it like in private. We're trying, you know, we're trying to get to the bottom of uh, a mysterious death that unfortunately, you know, your nephew was a part of because he was the only witness, whether you like it or not. I mean, it's like these are professionals here that we are bringing in and we're listening to their commentary while she is straight gossiping. So we are past the gossip, right? I don't care what Angie and her boyfriend, you know, back, who cares? That is not a thing. I, you know, because Aaron was a part of this death, he, he is the one that is going to be dissected. If Angie was there and this happened, then she would be the one to be dissected. But that is not the case. So I, I guess I'm just like, why don't you understand that? We need to push everything else aside here, you know, and get, and get to the facts. So 
back to the facts then. Okay. Um, so you see Angie and you were like, okay, you know, something's weird. Now, after that, what sort of unfolded uh, over the next few years? I never saw them much. Um, again, car rider line or pickup or at an occasional game. Mm -hmm. Um, but when things really started not adding up is after Grant's death, Mm -hmm. um, my son and I watched the funeral online and I just was taken aback by Aaron's demeanor. Um, I've heard various things said about it, but my feeling was it was, it was very calculated and controlled. Um, you know, as a mother, you have experiences where you think you've lost your child at a park or whatever. Um, I had a similar experience where I felt like my painter had taken my son Mm -hmm. and I called 911 and I could not breathe, could not talk. My heart was coming up through my throat Mm -hmm. and it lasted maybe six minutes. It was the longest six minutes of my life. I'll never forget it. Mm -hmm. So I think about my experience and then thinking about Aaron with Grant in the ditch, and it doesn't add up. The 911 call doesn't, the funeral doesn't. So tell me, we, I mean, everybody is very aware of the 911 call at this point, but we're not aware of the funeral. Can you tell us about that? Well, when he spoke at the funeral, again, he never shed a tear. It was almost like he was having an out of body experience, not a grieving father. Um, I can tell you if I put myself in, in his shoes and was speaking at my son's funeral or my husband, we couldn't make it through. We'd have to be medicated. I, I couldn't have even spoken, let alone articulate everything perfectly, mm-hmm. have notes, have just, it was not genuine or sincere. It was not like he was talking about his son. Right. And this, this seems to be also the consensus from what other people have said, but you know, the argument there and to play devil's advocate is everyone grieves differently. Now um, that is something I did not play for Tanya Ryman, the mm-hmm. the body language expert who also analyzes, you know, the voices and, and whatever. And something she had said on the last episode, I think you heard it where she was like, he was a news anchor you know, we're on the news and we know how to control our voice. It's, it's, that's what we do. However, when you are going through something traumatic, it's -hmm. out the window. And Mm -hmm. he seems to have that voice for everything, Mm -hmm. always composed, always fine. But again, you don't know if that's just how he grieves, but I get it. That's, that's very odd. And then the same reason that Angie kind of said at the hospital, I get there, my son's dead and he's on the phone booking a, a, you know, a singer for the funeral. It's weird. It's weird. So it's yeah. not only weird though. It's it. I don't believe it for a second. I, I, I okay. I just don't. I, and I know that everybody grieves differently. Mm-hmm. And some people grieve and they're depressed and they go to bed. Some people grieve and you don't grieve by being stoic. That's. I'm not an expert, but I've lived mm-hmm. long enough and I've gone through enough deaths in my family mm-hmm. that I don't he's not, he wasn't grieving. Right. Now let's, let's go back to Angie for a second. Now, when did you realize after Robbie Mason had said, you know, I've gone to everything, your son's safe, blah, blah, blah. When did you realize, and when did you maybe speak to Angie and just say, Hey, did Robbie Mason attend, you know, all of your, uh, court dates and whatever. And, and, And what did she tell you? Well, after the death, um, 
people started coming out of the woodwork and coming together and families that had previously left GCA. Mm-hmm. And one family in particular, we started swapping stories. Like, did this happen to you or did that happen to you? And so w- w- quickly we came to the understanding that somebody was lying a lot. And so she shared with me some of the At things. GCA? In yes, general, okay. At Grace Christian Academy. Okay. Yes. So um, we all started coming together and then it was just like an epiphany. We realized we had been living under a lot of false statements. Um, we had believed a lot of lies um, and it was just tragic because, you know, we all at this point feel so guilty because, you know, none of us stood up to fight for Angie. Um, because we did not know what was going on. So, but when did you sort of realize what was going on? Was this sort of like you watch the funeral, you see Angie and Gracie are a puddle. You see, Aaron is fine. Mm-hmm. You saw Angie after they said she was a drug addict and suicidal. She seemed fine, you know, yeah. and then all of a sudden her son dies mm-hmm. and you guys are coming together, supporting them. And then you start trading stories about Grace Christian Academy and how they weren't very truthful to you. And then is that when you all started saying, well, wait a minute, maybe X, Y, Z wasn't true. What they said about, you know, Angie Solomon and Gracie Solomon or or whatever. Um, Is that sort of what happened? Yes. Now I knew, um, I knew things had started being talked about with um, Gracie's abuse And, um, I have a a friend whose son was very close to her and I was Mm -hmm. told, and I don't remember who told me this, but that the things that Gracie shared were so graphic that her son had a hard time understanding them. And, um, was this the YouTube video when she spoke on that or did she just share this amongst friends? Because Gracie, from what I understand, got to the point where, she knew these things were odd and not right. And she was just talking to people at school, just trying to figure it out, get clarity. That's so sad. Oh my gosh. Like, does your dad do this to you type of thing? Was it that like that kind of talk or like, the way I understand it is my dad does this to me and I don't like it. And so, and all the other kids were like, I don't know what you're talking about. That's weird. And your son was one of them. Like, what are you even saying? My son wasn't, but he's friends with, with um, some of the children who, who did know. And how old was Gracie around this point when she was asking her friends about it? I'm thinking it started in fourth grade. So you're probably 10 or, oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Or Wait, that's, that's very damning. It's very damning because you don't have, you don't really know about sex. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking of myself. I knew, I, I mean, I'm, maybe I'm a little different. I was a little behind. I didn't even know how a tampon worked when I got my period at 14. So sorry, everybody that's hearing. Uh. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, 
fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hearing this, but like literally, I was just like, what is this? Exactly. So I didn't even know you could stick anything up there. Excuse me. But like, literally, I had no idea. So for Gracie, oh my goodness, poor girl. Oh my gosh. Just as an aside, um, when the school year started after Aaron took the kids, my husband and I were always at the school and we saw Gracie get out of the car one day and her eyes, she just had these little panda eyes. And our heart broke because we just thought, you know, she misses her mom. Her mom's in rehab. She's crying all the time. Like those eyes will haunt me forever. Oh my gosh. Again, you know, just me, I feel like I'm going to cry. I wished I had known, but Mm. Aaron was always so composed and polished. And it, it, I never, it never occurred to me ever, ever, ever occurred to me that that was going on. Um, well, he, you know, he's a news anchor. That's his job. I mean, you, it's like you come across as this, oh, that is so heartbreaking. That is so heartbreaking. Um, wow. And so many people were within reach of her that could have helped her. And I've Mm -hmm. apologized and apologized. And it's just so many people like, like us would Mm -hmm. see her and talk about it. And say, gosh, this is heartbreaking. And, you know, we just yeah. could have done something and we didn't. And it's, that's, that's a tough pill to swallow, especially when you love kids. Yeah, no, I, I totally understand. And, um, you know, I just, I, it was hard for you guys to know at the time. I, I get that a hundred percent. You have the school telling you something, you know, mm-hmm. and you want to believe them because this is a Christian school. You trust right. them with your children. So you would trust that you know, they, they wouldn't be so one-sided or they wouldn't, um, you know, not really thoroughly look into things. Um, so when you and the other parents started coming together and realizing these lies, how did you, how did you approach Angie or did you, and, and how did you sort of start to peel back the layers of Grant's death and, and sort of say, wait a second, So it's twofold. So Mm -hmm. after the funeral, I spoke to so many people that, that went and stood in the line and, and, you know, spoke to Angie. Mm -hmm. I've got two friends that, um, they said something's not right. Grant had a bruise and it was an open casket Mm -hmm. and he had a bruise on his, on his, um, jaw Mm -hmm. and nothing else. And so these women are prayer warriors and um, they just went to town and started praying and Mm -hmm. asking God to reveal it to them. Mm -hmm. And one of the moms asked for a vision and the Lord gave her a vision. And I don't know if if I'm, if you want me to say this here or yeah, you can say it. But um, she said that the Lord gave her a vision of Grant getting hit in the face with a baseball bat. Mm -hmm. And that is just never, ever, ever left me. And these are women who weren't close to Aaron or Angie. Um, one of them had a, a child in the same grade. And mm-hmm. so we knew each other again through those associations, but not super close. 
Okay. Boy moms are usually separated from girl moms. Um, but, um, I've never forgotten that. And, um, so, so not too long after that. So we've just all kind of stayed connected, sharing information and praying. Well, um, Gracie had a birthday party and my son was invited. Mm -hmm. So, um, we went to the birthday party and before I went, I called Angie just to talk and check on things and the address, things like that. So we started talking. And so that's when we really reconnected and I started Mm -hmm. getting a little more information about, about things that happened, but Angie hasn't spoken much. Like just recently she has really started to share and the facts are really coming out. Um, and so, yeah, I, I t- sorry to interrupt you. I gathered that my um, my initial interview with Angie, the one I did on the Lauren Interviews podcast that I repurposed mm-hmm. on this one, mm-hmm. I gathered from so many people that they had no idea what she endured because she just hadn't spoken about it publicly Never. because mm-hmm. she was just ignored for all these years. So why would she? And you know, I was drawn to her initially because I I don't know if you knew this, but I. I just saw it on change.org. And I just said, what's mm-hmm. going on here? Mm-hmm. I saw this, the facts of Grant's death. And I just was shocked that, you know, um, that this wouldn't be reopened. And so when I contacted her, I had so many questions. And the biggest one was how does a father get custody of his children in the first mm-hmm. place? Because that takes a lot. Anyone you talk to, any any lawyer, any judge. I mean, it takes a lot. And so I was like, you got to explain this to me because, you know, I don't get it. So she did. And then little did I know three hours later, I would be so invested in her story. Um, you know, it's so hard not to get invested because, you Mm -hmm. know, we're supposed to defend the defenseless. Yeah. And so, um, but right. In me sharing and talking and trying to do what little I can do, both of my two of my children, um, have come out and said, my son said that Grant was his um, book buddy mm-hmm. and that he noticed bruises on Grant and you know how kids are like all of a sudden something will just snap. Yeah. And then my youngest daughter said, I remember seeing bruises on Gracie. They were at field day and evidently Gracie and a friend were supposed to be in charge of taking care of the littles. Mm-hmm. And one of the littles was my daughter and they were sitting Indian style. I guess you're not supposed to say that, but anyway. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Crisscross applesauce. It's fine. Exactly. Kids are older. It's fresh for me, but yeah. <laughs> so, um, so she said, I remember seeing these terrible bruises on her legs and asking her what they were. And, and Gracie just said, oh, nothing. Just, you know, kind of just brushed it off. But like my daughter's sporty and we all play sports in my family and she's used to getting knocked around by her brothers and, you know, yeah. seeing bruises. So in my mind, I'm thinking they must've been really bad for someone like my daughter. I was just thinking that, I mean, you know, people could say, okay, well, Grant played baseball. He's going to have bruises and, you know, I get bruises too, but and I sometimes will say, I have no idea how I did this. I truly will not know how I get certain bruises. So I guess, you know, it is maybe slightly telling if a child notices it on another child, um, because that's kind of so. a big deal, right? That for a kid to notice, because kids don't notice that stuff. Kids at right. certain ages, they don't, 
you know, and again, I shouldn't say this either because you're now, if you're not supposed to say it, but kids don't notice color. They don't know like skin color. They don't, you know, they don't notice those things. So if they do at a certain age, I do find it to be, um, pretty interesting, but, and then going back to what you said about the woman with the vision of the baseball bat and grant, Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. I get why you asked me, should I say this here? I did. I, before we recorded this, I told her to stick to facts and facts only that's mm-hmm. not necessarily a proven fact, but it is a fact that someone had this vision. Right. Um, and, you know, it's funny. I just, I was saw the George Foreman movie last night. I posted about it on Instagram and I was so moved because mm-hmm. I had no idea that George Foreman is a preacher. And at one point found Jesus and, and he basically died, found Jesus during this like three second death he had. And then came oh, I mean, yeah, I I know, sorry, yeah, I sorry, 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 sorry. It's not, I mean, that's, so that's public though. I didn't know that's just public. So he, it's public, but it, the thing is people get these visions is what I'm trying to say. People get visions and there's another vision that's discussed in that movie, which is why it's fresh in my head that I won't tell you, but the vision was real. And yeah. I fact checked it after you know, through his autobiography. And I said, did his wife actually have this vision? And did she say it out loud? Oh yes, she did. So Mm -hmm. that if you are a spiritual person, those really, those really can be real. And if you're not, and you think it's a whole bunch of hocus pocus, then just ignore it. (laughs) Just ignore what we said. And then go with the, go with, you know, the the other facts. So, um, so yeah. So at this point, you guys have put a lot of things together. Mm -hmm. Um, you've now spoken to Angie on the phone about this birthday, and, you know, Angie is just trying to hold it together as best she can mm-hmm. at, the, at this point. Am I right? Yes. yes and, and did you have a chance to maybe apologize and say, you know, I'm sorry for thinking this about you? Or did you guys not really get there? Or like, how did we you didn't get there? Because okay. there was a lot of people in the room. And, mm-hmm. and so I, I've, I've spoken to other people close to Angie Mm -hmm. and when I have something to share or an idea, I'll typically reach out to one of them. And, um, I've just, I've told one of the friends in particular so many times that I was just so incredibly sorry. And, you know, I never thought bad or ill of Angie because again, I just, I just thought it was life. I mean, life gets hard. And if you have access to something that make you feel better, I get it. I completely get it. So I never had a, I was never coming from a standpoint of like, she was shameful Evil or, or like, yeah. right. Never. No. Um, but again, I'm a fighter and I just, I feel like I could have made a difference. I would have definitely reported it. I would have definitely made calls. I would have definitely given them shelter. And that's, what's yeah. frustrating for me. Cause I can't be the only one that would be, have been willing to do that. Like, why didn't the people that like actually knew more than me, why didn't anybody do something? Well, that's, I think this is the, this is where it gets tough, where I don't think Angie felt that she could come to anybody because she, nobody at the time was reaching out to her. They were backing away from her based on these rumors. So I guess for her, how could she ever possibly think that she could call one of you guys and say, Hey, this is what's really happening. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, how could she feel comfortable with that? If nobody was reaching out to her and talking to her during the time she was going through having her kids taken away. And you know what I'm saying? Where it's like, yeah, where I, I guess I don't blame her at that point for not telling anyone because like, 
Why would she think anyone would believe her or help her? What about the kids? What about the, I mean, you know, that's what bothers me is because kids at school knew and therefore parents would have known. Yeah, that's, Um, that's bad. That's very, when did your, when did your son first tell you about learning of Gracie's abuse that she, she was kind of saying at school? Um, I don't know if his friend spoke to him about it. Mm -hmm. I think everything started kind of the floodgates opened after things started slowly coming out. Um, he, you know, um, it was like, people started saying, oh gosh, this was weird. Oh wait, remember this? That was, remember when she said this now it all makes sense. Okay. Exactly. Got it. Exactly. Um, and so again, hindsight is 2020 Mm -hmm. and now everything makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it just, I mean, you, you ended up leaving Grace Christian Academy. You would just had it with them and their lies. And Angie's story was just one of the things that turned you off to the school. And I'm not going to, I don't want to get into the school too much because I mean, I don't give a crap about, you know, them throwing a lawsuit at me, whatever, but that's not why we're here. But it is important to know that you did feel like you were being lied to from that school. And, And Angie and Gracie and Grant's story was just one of the lies. Right. And, um, just the lack of transparency and, Mm. and, um, you know, we had several issues where it would involve safety, Mm. um, of one of my children. And that was just met with, uh, just, um, they just tried to placate me. Nothing was ever really done about anything. And then Mm -hmm. I started having issues with my daughter Mm -hmm. in, in class. And again, nothing was ever done. I would have, I would have a mom call me and say, Hey, your daughter was crying on the playground. And like, she's, she's tough and she doesn't do that. And so I wrote letters and and nothing was ever done. It was just put a bandaid on this placate this woman because you know, I'm loud and Mm -hmm. I, I don't give up. Um, and so without getting into details, I'd be happy to, but like, I, I, finally just had it because if you're not going to do the simple things for these children that you're supposed Mm. to be raising and you know, yeah, if you can't do the easy things, then like, why am I here spending all this time and money? Well, I, I hate to even say this, but this is why religious schools get a bad rap. This is why it's like people have the purest of intentions sending their kid to a godly school where they, they get the fear of God instilled in them. And you think in your head that the values they're being taught are, are elevated, right. Over a public school or a charter school. That's what you feel. But really in actuality, they're even more corrupt than we know, which is what I'm finding across the board. And it's terrible. Well, the thing that's really sad about that statement is mm-hmm. we had teachers that I, to this day, I love, they yeah. did so Jesus into my children and yeah. we have so many fond memories. My experience has been with the administration, right? So if a fish oh, no, of course. The teachers the are generally not guilty. You know right. what I mean? I mean, not yes. all of them. I don't want to speak for all of them, but yes, generally it's the administration, of course. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so, yeah. um, and I even, I even went to an attorney at one point just to help me write a policy because mm-hmm. what I wanted to get done was not getting done. And I, and I had talked to several friends and they said, oh, you can, the policy at XYZ school is like spot on, find out who wrote their policy. So I went on a rabbit 
you know, mm-hmm. trail and ended up speaking to an attorney who specialized in this area. And I was explaining the situation and what I wanted done. And I remember vividly, he said, if they're not going to take care of this, why are you at that school? And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. You don't understand. They teach my children about Jesus. It's really yeah. a sweet school. Yeah. It's yeah. new and they don't have everything buttoned down and we're just going to help them get it buttoned down. And he was like, you need, you need to get out of that school. And I wish I had listened then. Mm-hmm. I didn't because at my, my kids were still young and they were learning yeah. Bible verses. And you know, I just thought, oh, they'll do the right thing. Who wouldn't do the right thing? It involves children. Well, they didn't. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally get it. We put our trust into these places because mm-hmm. again, you know, they, they're Christian and they're, and you know, you grow up in, in trusting these people more than, more than anything. So um, right. just to, to wrap things up, is there anything you want to add or anything that you want Angie to hear? Uh. I'm so sorry. I'm just, it's okay. It's okay. I, I, I fight and pray for her every day. Mm. Um, Me it's too. just heartbreaking. And so, you know, I don't call her. I don't reach out and tell her that every day. Cause I don't, I feel like you just ripping the, the scab right off the wound, but um, yeah. I am silently in her corner. That's, and I think that's all she can ask for. And, um, I think that Angie, because I know she listens to these podcasts, she really will appreciate that. And you know what she is, she's exhausted, right? I, I mean, she can't, she has to now, you know, everyone wants to know her story. And so she has to relive this pretty much day after day. And she's doing this. The reason she's doing this going on these podcasts or being interviewed by this person, you know, because she wants exposure for Grant and because we do need to raise this money to get his case reopened, his body exhumed. So she is doing this and retelling her story and reliving this so often that she is just painfully exhausted. So I think that silent prayer is probably the best thing that you can do for her right now because, you know, she needs it. And at the end of the day, after putting on a strong face to tell her story, I know for a fact she crumples into bed and just weeps because she misses her son and she weeps for her daughter, for what her daughter's been through and is still going through. Okay. Okay. Is still going through. Um, So I think that, no, you're, you're doing what you can and you are, you're also spreading the word here into, to getting grant justice and Gracie justice. So um, yeah. So thank you really. And thank thank you you for sharing your story and, you know, admitting to, you know, all of the things that you weren't super proud of at the time, but this is what was put into your head. So, um, yeah, thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me and thank you for all the hard work. You, I feel like you've moved the needle more than anybody. And so, um, I just pray that something changes and I pray that it changes today and that they'll open an investigation. Me too. Me too. All right. Thanks again for joining the podcast. Thank you, Lauren. So that was crazy, but hopefully it gives you a better idea of what's been happening in this small town for so long and just what Angie has been going through for literally 10 years. This woman 
has been tortured for 10 years. I mean, I just, I want that to sink in. It's just, it's not okay. It's not okay. And it, it, it really is painful to even say out loud, but, um, all right. Thanks for listening to the corruption podcast. I will be back with another episode next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.